Today I'm sitting with Iron Mountain subject matter experts, Gavin Siggers, Director of Information Governance Consulting for Europe, and John Woolley, Head of Technical Sales. And we're talking about the GDPR. Is it a misconception that the GDPR applies only to the EU? What should businesses in countries like North America and Switzerland be concerned with? So uh, GDPR, regardless of where you are in the world, if you're doing business within the EU, right, you, you are going to be subject to GDPR because it covers the rights of European citizens. Sure, if you're handling the data of a European citizen, that's true. Um, I think if you're uh, in a business where that's not such a big issue for you, maybe the challenges are you know, not so rigorous, but then there's things like Privacy Shield that are there designed to protect that um, movement of data from one country to another, particularly for the US, obviously. Do you think that affects how data is managed in some way? Yeah, of course it does. I mean, the one constant, right, is that legislation changes. And you know, I think we're in interesting times where we've got uh, volatile political situations going off. So I think any organization that is collecting data in any given region, anywhere, standard practice should be that it is easily portable, um, detachable from whatever system it's put in. And it's also redactable as well. So you can make that personal information a lot less personal. Right. That makes sense? Yeah. I think that, um, you know, Privacy Shield is about protection. So how do you how do you make sure that the the criteria for good protection of data, as GDPR dictates, is you know there in any country? Can you import export data knowing that it's safe? Yeah, I mean th- that's always going to be a consideration, right? Um, the exploitation of, of data. Yeah, the, the one underlying is you can solve a lot of problems in the world today by encryption. Right. Um, if it's encrypted, you you can't. You can't intercept it, you can't work with it, and therefore, you know, what was a human being now turns into an undecipherable unless you've got the key set of, uh, set of characters. But again, I also think it's the way that we architect data. So if you build a system where, you know, all we're keeping is actually the record rather than the individual, you redact it online. So again, you know, you're, you're blanking out the personal bits. That, that's the ultimate protection. Most companies, well, most countries will say you cannot export personal data on our citizens. Depersonalizing it means you can move the data, right? Okay, but is the solution not to manage it in country? I think you, yeah, I mean, it would be, but you, you try and get that, that right where you centralize it in one place. That's why the cloud providers are building data centers in every different country that have these regulations. So I think sovereignty is always going to be an issue. But I, you know, my viewpoint is about making it portable, detachable, and redactable. The way you make it portable or detachable is by redacting it. Right. Then you get away from all of the personal information. Depersonalize it, it's portable. Okay, and portability being one of the requirements of GDPR, absolutely. Yeah. The GDPR will require many businesses to appoint a data protection officer. How do you see their role and what impact will they have? Uh, it's interesting. I mean, legitimate business reason is quite wide. I, mean, I see two, two real reasons, right, in my interpretation of it. First is the age-old um, checks and balances, right? We've been keeping records. It's one of the things you can thank the Romans for, mm-hmm. um, Monty Python style. But, you know, it, it's checks and balances. It's money in, money out, and its primary purpose was taxation government. That's why we've got, in every different country, um, tax regulations that you need to keep your financial records for X number of years. So first one it, you know, is regulations around checks and balances. So whether it's financial regulations, solicitors regulate, there's a law. And then the other one I see is contracts. 
So if you've you know, created a contract that's going to last 25 years, then you will want to keep that contract data for 25 years, of course, which would have individuals or companies or whatever it might be. Uh, health records might be another one as well, but that comes back down to you know, legislation. The government dictates that life of the patient plus 25 years, for example. So those, those are the two things for me. Legitimate to me is not, you know, um, understanding that you know John Woolley likes to read this type of book, or and then present me with different services, right? It, legitimate reasons, you know, which will kill most marketing departments, is not what can else can I sell you, right? That, that's it. It comes down to uh, capturing what you believe to be legitimate processing of data of your business or what you're there to do, um, gaining consent for that processing. So, you know, it might be okay for me to know what kind of books you read and market to you uh, according to that, as long as I've told you I'm doing so. You know, that's a legitimate Oh, absolutely, purpose. yeah. And that, that comes down to the consent of the individual, right? So, I mean, I, I guess that that's where we look at it going, today moving forward, and it's funny, you see within these businesses, they are asking now to go, do you mind if we send you marketing information? Right. Your, your, your job is to opt out or to, to opt in more yeah. than opt out today, right? Yeah, opt um, out's not good on yes. the GDPR. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Um, but it's how do you detach that? So what if an individual changes their mind, right? Yeah, I, I go back to that, that viewpoint that, you know, the days of IT departments keeping everything just in case because yeah. they've got no clear direction from the business, long gone, right? Yeah. Th those, those days will be numbered. Okay, so what does that, what impact does that have on kind of the big data analytics processing that goes on within a business you know we all know it happens churning data to try and find the next big thing um, you know or the next big product what impact does that have under GDPR oh, again it's about personal information right um, but this is also legitimate business reasons so I, I you know I've used the example before where you buy a product right a legitimate business reason as well is, is around the product itself so you want to know for warranty for example that um, the product was manufactured on X date, was sold to me on Y date, and therefore my warranty runs for three years. You don't need to know everything about John Woolley about buying that product, you know, what his, his preferences are along a number of different things, so you can sell me more of the ilk. What you're looking to do is basically go, I need to track the product more. Now maybe that's where it will change in big data. So what you want to do is have a look at, um, you know, the numbers of units sold, what type of, um, what type of unit was sold, at what particular part of the year. That's where big data will give you. The opt-in, the, the portable part, will be the demographics of the individuals who bought it, and that's the piece that you'll have to opt in, but also look at it. So we, we talk about legacy data. Yeah, the challenge will be the warehouses that you've built over the years of all this back information. How can you ensure, the big question is, how can you ensure those individuals are opted in? Yeah. And if they do opt out at any point, how you get rid of them? Well, so in terms of consent, you know, consent being a effectively a contract then to process my information um, and I need to be able to say don't do that anymore or you know change my change my mind effectively that requires that level of transparency on the part of the controller and data processor to tell me what they're doing and I think transparency absolutely underlies all of the principles of GDPR. The GDPR will require many businesses to appoint a data protection officer how do you see their role and what impact will people in this position have? So there's been some guidance recently from uh, the Article 29 Working Party uh, around the role of the DPO and the ICO have also uh, 
put some meat to the bone. I think it's been a challenge for organisations to understand you know, where they get these people from, what role do they provide. Um, I think there's been some questions about whether they're actually needed and I think the guidance has been helpful in terms of understanding that it's important to know whether you're dealing with risky data, uh, there are different guidelines around whether you're a public sector organisation or, or private sector. What I see is that the job market for qualified people is a booming business. You know, there's, there's a ton of people out there, maybe ambulance chasing to an extent, but wanting to get involved in GDPR and, and fulfil that role as a DPO. Uh, where, where do you see this? I mean, what, what, is that, what is the purpose of that role within an organisation? I definitely think a DPO can be shared, right? I mean, there's, two, there's a gap to be bridged, right? IT generally deals with the systems, the back end and the architectures and making it all work. They've got this keep all mentality because there's very few clear guidelines about data classification and how long. That's why we've got so much problems in terms of you know, IT storage protection, disaster, all these, all these fun topics that everyone has challenges with. So the DPO brings the process function, the consulting knowledge, the the legislation. What they lack is the understanding about how data is architected and how it's stored because you know whilst every IT department's got common systems, we all have email, we all have you know ERP systems, we all you know run some derivative of Oracle or SAP or you know, whatever the application may be. But your implementation is very different. You know, right. Salesforce for example, right? Um, our implementation of Salesforce is very different to what somebody else's implementation would look like. So IT brings that knowledge of how it's working. The DPO brings the mar or the, the legislature to say, you know, this is what you should or shouldn't be keeping. So I think, you know, in terms of DPO, absolutely they should be shared because otherwise it becomes a burdensome cost, but for all businesses. So it's, it's like any level of consulting. You know, that's how I would see the role okay. of DPO being. Okay. You can take, I would, I would guess, a view of um, you know, multiple organisations, understand their IT infrastructure, and then you can apply the policies downwards. So they're not a silver bullet? No, no, they're not by a long shot, right? Okay. I mean, just because you've got an officer that says, thou shalt do something like this, right? You still need the systems to be able to behave in a way that allows you to obey the commandments. Right, and, and obviously from the point of view of information governance or good information management, you know, which really is kind of underpinning uh, a lot of, you know, how to respond to GDPR, you know, it's written into the regulation about, you know, knowing your data, knowing where it is, knowing what it's for, how long to keep it. I see that DPO role as being glue in a broader information governance steering group or, or committee yeah. that can really sort of bring out the, um, the regulatory view, take ownership, take responsibility, but you know, has to work with other people around the organisation, not just you know, within lines of business, but within, as you say, IT, but also the records management yeah, and information absolutely. management people. I mean, the, the, one, the one final thing I'll, I'll look at it as well is from an IT perspective, they should be embracing this as, um, as an opportunity, right? Because if you fully embrace the change in the way that you store and keep and retain data and get uh, a set of policies that goes after this life, you know, after this, this length of time, we can delete it, we can get rid of it. That's going to solve a lot of IT budgetary problems and a lot of resource problems in terms of storage, backup and disaster recovery. It's going to make 
companies a lot more nimble, they won't be dragging so much data behind them. Yeah, I think which is an important point actually, you know, the organisations are trying to be cost effective, cost efficient, uh, they're trying to answer changing regulation, changing compliance requirement and, you know, part, partly uh, being innovative and being efficient with the data that you have, that all comes to play, so actually GDPR is, you know, as you say, a, a good thing. It's an opportunity uh, to yeah, clean house, right? That's the main yeah, thing. Yeah, agreed.